0: that is so nice of your sister to let us stay here so we don't have to go back out in that rain to get home.
1: Yeah, that was good. I mean, usually I don't like imposing on people, but I really didn't want to get soaked.
0: No, and she seems like such a sweet lady. I just feel really bad kicking the kids out of their own beds. Oh, that's fine. They like
1: to sleep on the floor anyway.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. That's nice. They don't use Um, their own beds. Yeah, I just... I just didn't want to get wet and I'll be honest with you, I've never been a big fan of like like thunder and lightning. Like a little kid it used to like really scare me.
1: Wow, okay, yeah, it used to scare me as a kid too, but as I got older, I learned to appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but honestly, it still kind of creeps me
1: out. Ah, uh-huh. well, you know what you do? Like, did you ever do this? When you, when you saw the lightning, you just count, like, to see how far away the storm is between the lightning and the thunder and then like, you know the longer you count the farther away it gets oh really yeah
0: i never tried that does it work
1: um yeah it's kind of a good indicator of like whether which way the storm is going huh so you just count huh yep just count mm. so like wait till you see a lightning strike wait for it to end and then start counting
0: all right okay so like one
1: two <laughs> What why you, did you scream? Why did you scream? I screamed, cause you screamed. <sighs> well, I screamed because you screamed. Well, I screamed
0: because you screamed. I screamed because I don't like lightning
1: and thunder, <sighs> and I've had enough of this. And I
0: also... So what are you doing in my bed now? I can't sleep over there by myself. This is too creepy. This, I, I'm not used to sleeping in other people's beds, and that clown is, like, giving me the heebie-jeebies, Rob.
1: Yeah, that is... Like, why would somebody buy that for their kids? I never understand it.
0: I just... I don't know. Are you, I will I just, can I just sleep here tonight? I will not infringe on your space. I just can't. Yeah, over that, there and
1: that, that's fine, um, but could you just stop playing footsies with me? I'm
0: not near you. I'm over here on my side. There's like an invisible line I've drawn in my mind, and I will not cross it. Then I will be respect. Who the fuck is touching? Holy shit,
1: it's the clown! oh ah! uh. ah! Just like the one next to it And the one next to that And the one next to that A young couple live in it Give Ken a kiss you are so With their three children
0: <laughs>
1: And something more Up and you said you're here. Uh huh. Well, who did you mean? Who's here? TV people. Something's funny going on here next door. Something, uh. We
0: were wondering if maybe you had experienced any disturbances lately.
1: What, What kind of disturbances? I don't know what happens over this house. Never sensed anything like it. That thing is in there with my baby. There are hundreds. Now Steven Spielberg crosses a frightening new threshold into a world within our own. Its form is revealed. What is it? Its focus is clear. scares
0: you. All right, so from that creepy trailer, we are ready to delve into the world of Poltergeist. So we thank you for joining us here on Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I'm your co-host Mark and I'm always joined by the ever awesome, I'm Rob. All right, Rob. So, when did you first experience this film for yourself?
1: Ooh probably around the time that it first came out, I think. And I got to tell you, this really scarred me as a child. Um, just all of, the, all of the goings on, like because I firmly believed that my house was haunted because my sister used to kind of cement that into my head that there were ghosts living in the attic. And every time I heard a creepy noise or a bump or something, and watching Poltergeist did not help one bit. Especially that goddamn clown scene. Oh Fuck I, think I that your clown sister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never had an older sister, but good on her for doing that to you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: you know how so, siblings they they um they love to torment the the younger sibling. So
0: that's so funny. See I never had that it was just me so I I had to torment I had to torment myself basically because I had a really bad over overactive imagination.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, can you I imagine having an overactive imagination and then having a sibling who liked to torture you by feeding into that overactive imagination? No,
0: That would be horrible, Rob. <laughs> that would be horrible. So, and did you see this in the
1: theater? Oh no, I saw that at home. Like, you know, when the movies came out on cable, just watching it. Oh, okay.
0: Gotcha. No, cause little fat Mark, his mother took him and his little butt sat there. And I was like blown away. Wow, Because it was like PG. I I actually thought it was PG-13. It's just PG. That's just PG? It's just PG. Like, I really thought it was PG-13. No, it's just PG. I actually think I could be, like, way wrong on this. I think that Gremlins may have been the whole reason they came up with PG-13. I think. I could be totally lying. Hmm. But anyway, but this one's just PG. And it's so intense. I, I... I, I was like blown away, uh, and I knew as I sat there, like sucking it all in like a sponge, that I was just giving myself more and more nightmare fuel that would oh, keep me awake yes. for like weeks on end. Mm-hmm. But I loved
1: every minute of it, Rob. You did, huh? So you liked that feeling of being scared? I it it it's like a bad toxic
0: relationship. Like you know you need to get out of it, but you can't. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, Rob. I was just such a but ever since i was little i was like that i loved i loved being afraid but then i had to pay the price for it too like right. i'd watch scary movies out the wazoo but then i couldn't sleep like i just the fear of the dark and everything but this <laughs> one it just was like cuz i love like uh supernatural horror okay that's like one of my favorites and this one was just amazing like it it was more than
1: i expected as a as a kid i think that's I was one like, of the reasons why we're kindred spirits because we like to scare the shit out of ourselves, but we also ended up paying heavily.
0: Oh (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. But this one was just like, and it was like a roller coaster. Like it would go up and then it would go down and it would go up and it would go down, you know, (laughs) in the ending, like they give you that. Well, we're going to spoil this folks. So if you've not seen it, my gosh, go out and see it. But the ending was like, you get that false ending and mm-hmm. then you get
1: the ending ending and that ending ending was amazing. Oh yeah. It was just
0: amazing to me.
1: Like the false ending. I thought that was the actual end of the film. And I was like, Oh, finally some release and relief, but uh-huh. no, <laughs> yeah. that, they were just messing with you. Rob. That fucking clown, man. <laughs> <Tell me laughs>
0: oh yeah. Oh man. No, no. I, I love this thing so, so much. But anyway, I'll <laughs> go on about that later, but. Yeah. So we were both pretty young then when we saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just real quick, I've heard people say that it's like newer generations say that it's not really scary. But I don't quite hmm. get that because even if you're younger, I guess maybe they can't relate to. Like the TV set, because TV doesn't really go off. I don't know if, oh, what they're yeah. not what, what the disconnect is, but to me, it's it should still be horrifying. I don't
1: know why it's, it's, not. it's still, it's terrifying because you actually, there's not a lot of uh, moments where you can actually see like creatures and stuff like that. There's only a few of those uh, jump scare moments as I'll call them where you see like spectral visions, but for mm-hmm. the most like most of the time you're just uh, witnessing like living vicariously through the kids being afraid of like the clown and, The goings on and things like that. Yeah.
0: No. Yes. I agree. I to me, it's still just as scary as it was back then. Because I basically what I'm saying is, I really wouldn't be like, oh, this is an '80s horror film. It's PG. I wouldn't write it off. I'd still see this one. I think.
1: Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, It still kind of bothers me because the child within gets terrified of that fucking clown. I'm going to bring it up one more time. Well and I I think we may have touched
0: on this when we did the return of the living dead thing and I know this is a totally probably irrational fear, you know, every now and then things happen in the world I'm like maybe maybe it's not but like dead things touching me, I do not like that.
1: Mm, and
0: yeah, just the thought of these dead things coming up out of the ground, I don't want any part of that. So oh, there's that
1: also creep factor to Yes, too. that was that was terrifying cuz it's like muddy and dirty in a swimming pool and then there's just like dead bodies popping up out here no no
0: (laughs) yeah no so there's a lot in this that I find very uh
1: unsavory Mm -hmm. yeah
0: (laughs) um so I guess are you okay if we just kind of jump into things oh absolutely all right so let's start with now there's a bit of a I guess, rumors about the whole director. uh, Like Steven Spielberg
1: or Toby Hooper? Like which one?
0: Exactly. So technically, technically, I'm doing a little air quotes for everybody. It's Toby Hooper, who I love. I love Toby Hooper. Um, And now are you familiar with Toby at all?
1: A little bit. Like uh, he did Funhouse, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. um, And... A few others I probably am not doing justice to.
0: No, you're fine. He also did. And I'm pretty sure you guys covered Invaders from Mars before I joined.
1: Oh, yeah, we did. Yep.
0: Yep. And then um, he also did. Now, I, did we talk about the Mangler just like briefly, you and I, the, the Stephen King one about the killer? Like, I think we machine. might have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, and it, then, was it the printing press?
0: Yeah, something like that. It was something. I remember that. I remember it. it Mainly most of the workers in there were women. I remember that. Like, no one really seemed to care that the women were just getting all mangled up <laughs> by this machine. Um, and of course, he directed Salem's Lot, the TV movie, which I love.
1: Okay. Now, have you seen that one? The old one? The Long time ago, I did. Yep. Oh,
0: that one scared the bejesus out of me, too. Um, And then not just real quick, because I keep saying this, he directed The Toolbox Murders from 2004, and it's like a slasher, but I love those things, and it's a really good one. So if people out there have not seen it, seek that one out
1: and that's the Um, one I got confused with the bone collector right
0: I think so yeah
1: this one's got like
0: Sherry Moon zombie like if you blink you'll miss her she's got a real short quick role in it but yeah it's a really good 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 movie okay um but okay so the rumor whatever however you want to go with this is that Steven Spielberg I guess there was a stipulation a clause a rule however you want to say it that you could not direct two movies at the same time. And this was actually when E.T. was filming two. So it was almost like Toby was like a like a figurehead or like a puppet director. And like he was there in body, but pretty much Stephen was pulling all the strings. This is the rumor. I wasn't there. I don't know. Some people substantiate that. Some people say that, no, he did most of it. Some people say that, Steven Spielberg was there pretty much all the time doing the directing, you know. So I don't want to take away from Toby because I love him. I don't want to, you know, rain on Steven's parade. So yeah. whatever. But that's yeah. But Steven produced it. He 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 co-wrote it with other people. Um. So he had definitely had a hand in the thing. Um.
1: Yeah. You know what though? Um. When I was watching it again, it very much feels like a Spielberg production.
0: Oh my gosh! Yes. Like yes. Totally. 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 Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yes. I totally agree with you on that. I'm not going to give you any pushback, on that. <laughs> Um, And then just real quick for people out there that may not know who Steven Spielberg is. Uh, he did. We talked about Night Gallery, but he did the um, the pilot episode had like, I think, three stories. Um, but he did one with Joan Crawford and his segment was called Eyes. Um, and then he did Duel for TV with Dennis Weaver. It's about like a killer by truck. Um, and then basically, he redid, he redid kind of that dual movie as Jaws, except with the shark. Um, I loved Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I don't know if you ever saw that one. That one was creepy.
1: I did. And that like in the 80s, it seemed to be a thing for maybe just Spielberg, but like those big, long, lengthy productions like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm-hmm. E.T., yeah. the Extraterrestrial, and even Poltergeist. It just they all kind of have that same feeling to it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um and then uh, well I, no, I'm not trying to. Close Encounters was uh in the '70s still, like Jaws and that those were '70s films.
1: Oh, that was oopsie. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then <laughs> of course was he was behind 80s. he was behind the uh Raiders of uh, the uh, Lost Ark movies, you know the Indiana Jones ones. um
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, And then of course he brought us the Jurassic Park films,
1: which I love. I mean, I will. Oh always my gosh, love Jurassic yes. Park.
0: Yeah. Um. How do I say this? So I don't want people to beat me in shopping malls when they see me. <laughs> the thing that I dislike about Steven Spielberg uh, films is, and I think E.T. is a very prime example of this one. I feel that he manipulates people, like their emotions. And I, as a film goer, that's like something that like, I have an adverse effect to. Like, I, I don't like that feeling. Um and so, a lot of his movies, I actually find myself not really responding well to. Um, really, like the ones I just mentioned are really the only ones that I like. That I really actually like of Steven Spielberg's films. Um, like, I, out of the two, I I tend to be drawn more to Toby Hooper films than Steven Spielberg films.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Because, um, you know, I'm sure we've probably seen the same amount of Spielberg films like, you know, Close Encounters, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Poltergeist, um, E.T., of course, <laughs> because like what kid really didn't see E.T. back in the 80s? I mean, that was just kind of a given, I think.
0: Yeah. And see, the, and I think we've talked about this before. We've got a big kind of not huge, but we've got a, an age disparity between us. So I wasn't a kid per se. And so I really wasn't caught up in the whole E.T. thing. Like I found it very pandering and I like actually wanted to kind of sit E.T. on fire and watch him burn. (laughs) (laughs) It was it didn't appeal to me. It was just like it just seemed very forced. Um, It wasn't my jam. I know I know like I'm I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm on the complete end of the spectrum as far as like the majority of people out there. Um, but it just wasn't my thing. It just felt so cutesy and just, I was just like, Oh no, it was too saccharine for me. Um, like I really wanted my, like it now, if he like, like, you know, tore Drew Barrymore apart and then like drank Elliot's blood or something, I would have been more on board, but it was just so family friendly, I think. And it just, yeah. it's not my jam. It's well, just not me.
1: I think the first time I saw it, I was enamored with the fact that you know this weird-looking creature makes friends with a boy, and um, but then as I got a little bit older, it was just a very different for me, and I I end up hating it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is kind of dumb. And then I actually, when Critters came out, I actually kind of stuck myself to Critters
0: and i and i, I i'm i certainly not saying anyone who likes it there's something wrong that's not what i say it's just for me me as a movie moviegoer personally it just does not ap- appeal to like what i find in films that i like
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was to. it was more of like a a tearjerker kind of film it was very dramatic
0: yeah now i do love uh d wallace i think d wallace plays the mom and that i love her i love mm-hmm. her and everything but yeah anyway okay so that's i just had to get that out there um so, yeah, there's that whole like debate who actually directed. But I'm going to say that it was if nothing else, it was a co-production or co-effort between the two of them. Because I th- I still think whether he was not the main guy behind it, Toby still was involved in some capacity. So Oh, yeah. You can Toby. tell
1: like some of the elements of that film, you you know, whose hand touched what. And I to me, I think the biggest uh, argument
0: is life force, because there's a lot of visual styling in life force that kind of reminds me of poltergeist. So yeah. I'm like, especially,
1: especially the spectral kind of visions and stuff.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I just like, okay, if I, I I'm going to give Toby some due. like he had to have had some saying this, I'm going to say, anyway, that makes me sleep better at night. So we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I also like the plots fairly simple. You get this, suburban family a uh, family of five the the freelings and they end up in this suburb um and their house just happens to be haunted <laughs> um and it just kind of goes from there really it's, there's not like a whole lot of big setup and it really does pretty much start like at the beginning of the movie
1: yeah and it, what's weird though is I had a lot of questions going through the movie because I you know when I had seen it in the 80s and then again in the 90s, I really didn't think too much about it but then when I watched it again um like there a bunch of questions came up it's like is the whole neighborhood haunted or is just you know that house haunted because you know as we come to find out later on in the film they just uh they moved the headstones but left the bodies under the entire uh what was it Costa Verde or Cuesta?
0: Cuesta Verde I believe Cuesta Verde yeah uh-huh. and
1: so it's just like is the entire neighborhood haunted <laughs> I, well, I found and, myself asking those questions. Yeah, well, and
0: clearly their neighbor next door, because they actually go over there and question him, and he's like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." So at least the neighbor to the like one side is fine.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Oh so, yeah, yeah. Now the house was big, so you might wonder how big was the cemetery? Did they were they just the unlucky ones to get on that actual cemetery property? I don't know. You know. Right. Yeah, I don't know, but anyway. So, <laughs> um, now the are you okay if I just go through the family real quick?
1: Yeah, that's fine. Okay,
0: thank you. Um, so, uh, it's the the Freelings, and the dad is Steve, and that's Craig T. Nelson. Um, I will always see him as coach. See, I never. I, I'll. <laughs> I sound like a horrible person. I think that they're very well cast for the. For the movie. Like, I can't picture anyone else being the Freelings. I think they're all very well cast.
1: Mm-hmm, I um, agree.
0: I've just never been a big Craig T. fan. Okay. There's, I don't know. I, maybe it's the gay man in me. I'm just not, like, attracted to him. So he's like, no, whatever. Um, <laughs> but he, now he was in The Return of Count Yorga from 71, which I love that movie. He was also in Scream, Blackula's Scream. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Nope. Wonderful movie. Uh, Black Exploitation from 73. He was he did an uncredited voice in Flesh Gordon. I don't know if you've ever seen that that uh bit of uh skin of max goodness. Nope. Um and then it it always comes back up. He was in Silkwood from 83, the Meryl Street movie which I love. Now, he he did reprise the role of Steve in Poltergeist 2 from 86.
1: Uh, you know, I've got to bring this up real quick. Yeah. Um, because I was thinking <clears throat> okay, I must have gotten Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2 mashed together somehow. Because okay. you know how when he drinks that water and he throws up that uh, creature? Yeah. I thought that was in this movie here. And I was like, no. did they cut something out? What am I missing?
0: <laughs> well, and it was like the whole nude shower scene. I'm like, I remember seeing Craig tease more of his butt. <laughs> um. Actually, the scene I think you're talking about, I don't think it's water. I think I thought it was tequila, and it was a little tequila worm.
1: Oh, really? I thought it was water. I
0: think it's a tequila worm. I I think.
1: Okay, it might be because you know, as a little kid, you just you're like you don't know what the hell tequila is. Right. Well, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah.
0: Speak for yourself, Rob. I don't know what (laughs) kind of childhood you had. Um, (laughs) I did what I could to make it through grade school.
1: (laughs) By any means Um, necessary.
0: Any means necessary. Now, this one I want to ask you about. It's from 98, and it was a TV miniseries, and it was called Creature, and he was in it.
1: Is that the Peter Benchley film? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. Yes, it is. I have have seen that.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. It's like a shark person. Yeah, Um, it's
1: weird, but I loved it.
0: Oh, yeah. It reminds me a lot of, I don't know if you're a big comic book reader, but there's a, he's called King Shark. Um, oh, from the, the,
1: the DC comics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he was in the second Suicide Squad movie, but it kind of reminds me of the same premise character kind of just so a look.
1: It, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. it was very weird to see. It was almost like it was directed by the sci-fi channel, except it oh, was yes. too soon to be directed by sci-fi.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it had Kim Cattrall from sex in the city, which <laughs> <laughs> made it even better.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and then, uh, the mom. I love the mom. I love the mom so much. It's Joe Beth, Joe Beth Williams. Oh, she's awesome. Um, I love her. I love her so much. Like she like is as indifferent as I am to Craig is how much I love her. Um, Now. She was in just a couple of films that I like. I know uh, she did endangered species from 82. She was in the big chill. I don't know if you, if you ever saw that one. It's like an ensemble cast with like uh, Glenn Close. I think uh, I
1: might have seen it, but I yeah, it was such a long time ago. There's oh, yeah.
0: Tons uh, of But movies. it also had Meg Tilly in it, and I love Meg Tilly so much. Uh, she was the one in Psycho 2 and uh, Abel Farrar's remake of, or not remake, but his spin on a, the Body Snatchers. It, it's set on a military base. Oh, okay. It's yep. good, yeah, it's good. Um, And then she did Teachers from 84. Now, I've got to ask you this because I'm trying to figure out, you may be too old for this. But there was a toy called Mighty Max. Do you remember these toys? Mm, I don't think so. Does okay. It? I think you're too old. My son was really into them. They're really cool. They were like monster themed. And like, so you would get the the head of the monster and it would open up and the actual inside was like a playset. And Mighty Max was this little teeny tiny toy that like you could probably swallow it and not choke to death on it because it was so tiny. <laughs> And, and all these little toys would be inside and then all these different monster heads you could collect and play with them. Wow. Well, there was a spin-off cartoon of mighty max and she did a voice on one episode as the countess. But I just want to see if you knew who mighty max was.
1: No, unfortunately, like all my toys are probably from the, yeah, from the eighties going up to maybe 89. And, you know, they were mostly GI Joe's mask, uh, Jason, the wheeled warriors kind of things. So, okay. It's, it's like- you
0: should, if you ever have nothing to do, you should look up Mighty Max, the toys, because they're pretty cool, actually.
1: Yeah, it, it's a pretty it almost idea. sounds like micro
0: machines in a way. Oh, yeah, they kind of are, except there weren't really cars involved or anything, but they pretty much the same premise. Almost, the, if you may not know what I'm talking about, it's almost like Polly Pockets, but the boy version. If you I know remember, Polly Pockets.
1: yeah, my sister had those, yep. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, they're like for, for boys, though. But, yeah, it was pretty, pretty kick ass. Anyway, so that's Joe Beth Williams and she plays the mom. And then they have three children. And the oldest one who I love so much is Dana. And that's Dominique Dunn.
1: Yeah. And I don't remember her from anything.
0: Well, there's probably a reason. Um, she was the one. Now. Do with this what you will. But there's that whole like the poltergeist curse.
1: Ah, yes. Yep.
0: And so she was the one who was actually murdered uh, by her ex-estranged boyfriend. Um, pretty much, I think, right before the movie premiered, she was uh, strangled by him and then ended up uh, with brain damage and oh, died because shit. of that.
1: I did yeah. not even know that. I was just um, thinking about Heather O'Rourke.
0: Yeah, no, she was she was the first one they linked with the whole poltergeist curse. I'm doing air quotes all over the place. <laughs> okay.
1: um,
0: she's also now, she's the daughter of Dominic Dunn. Um, but her brother is Griffin Dunn.
1: No fucking way.
0: Way. Now, having said that, go back and look at her and look at Griffin and you could totally tell that they're siblings, I think.
1: Hold on. Let me me look here. Yeah.
0: (sighs) And then I know her because she was. Wow.
1: Yes, you can tell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, because she, you know, unfortunately her life and her acting career were ended so young. She did lots of like TV shows, like one or two episodes of different TV shows, but she also did a movie that I remember called Diary of a Teenage Hitchhiker. Um, it was a TV movie from 79. I remember that one because I was a king of the TV movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I actually, I love her so much. Like I love Dana. She's Personally, my favorite of the three Freeling kids. I
1: just love her so much. Oh, yeah. You know what kind of weirded me out, though? That part where the workers are catcalling her and I'm like, yes. Do you not realize that this is an underage kid who is probably like 15 or 16? Underage
0: kid. At her house. Yes. Right outside her mom's kitchen and her mom's inside watching and just kind of smirking about it.
1: <laughs> no, is she just laughing because she knows her daughter can handle herself or. I think that's what. Yeah, I think she's like, oh, yeah,
0: she she's a tough cookie. She's got this. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Dana's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was
1: the probably the most weirdly disturbing part I had seen where it's like these old men are just like, oh, yeah, baby, come on. You know?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> she gets on her bike and pedals away in her, her little uniform. Right. Yeah. Are you there, Rob? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, OK. You cut out for a second. Yeah. But yeah, I love her. That's Dana and that's Dominique Dunn. And I hope she's just happy wherever she is, because I love her so much. Um, and then we've got Robbie uh, and that's uh, Oliver Robbins. And the only other thing um, other than the the Poltergeist sequel, um, he was in Airplane to the sequel from 82.
1: Okay. I don't know if you're an airplane fan. Yeah, I am.
0: Okay, good. Good for you. Um, I knew you were
1: cool. Leslie uh, Nielsen and, all the way, my friend.
0: Yes, I love Leslie. Um <laughs> what's the movie? There's one where he takes off his shirt and it's not a comedy, it's dead serious. It's like one of those animal attack movies, but he like takes off his shirt and basically like fist fights the grizzly bear.
1: <laughs> what? It's wonderful. And, it, and it's not a comedy? No,
0: it's dead serious, Rob. No, because I love animal attack movies. Is it day of the Day of the Animals? It might be Day of the Animals. No, you're
1: talking just, about Leslie Nielsen taking off his shirt to fight against yeah, <laughs> But it's like young he's younger. Like, you
0: know, before he got into comedy, he oh, was like a serious okay. actor.
1: Yeah, wow, but no, I had never seen that.
0: Oh, it's it's amazing. Because I love animal attack movies because they're always so silly. But yeah, he just strips his shirt right off and <laughs> starts.
1: He's like, This yeah, shirt it's, is like, only gonna is, hold me back.
0: It's from seventy seven and it's Leslie Nielsen with Christopher George. Yeah, it's it's I, I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to look for that because that, I mean, that would make me laugh just
1: knowing who Leslie Nielsen
0: was. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. He was also the dad in prom night. But anyway, here we go. Um, And then we got Carol Ann. Um, and then we, of course, know she passed away in 1988.
1: Yeah. Well, she uh, was and, the second victim of that uh, curse that they're calling, right?
0: Well. Or were so there more? The gentleman. Um, that played the preacher from Poltergeist two passed away right after that one. Um, and I believe his was cancer. Um, so they link him to the curse as well. Wow. So if you're, if you're going to get into all this, Dominique was the first one from Poltergeist one. Um, the gentleman who played the preacher was from Poltergeist two. And then, uh, Heather would be from Poltergeist three. If you're doing all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then she, of course, she was actually... uh, Heather was the only one to appear in all three of the Poltergeist films.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought they got a different girl for the third one.
0: No, she was... You can tell watching it, I think, um, that she did not feel well.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Yeah, she did. To me, if you look at it, she doesn't look... uh, she kind of looks like puffy and she just doesn't look like she's in the best of health, I think. So Um, what
1: was going on with her? So she died at 12 of
0: cardiac arrest. I think she had something like internal that they had misdiagnosed and they thought it was one thing, but it was actually something else. And so it was going left unchecked. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that's, that's Heather. Now I, were you a happy days fan? A little bit, not so much. Okay. Cause towards the end of happy days when like, just weird characters start appearing she was on 12 episodes uh, of happy days
1: oh okay
0: yeah but anyway so that that's her okay oh and I I misspoke her and uh Zelda Rubinstein they were the only two that actually appeared in all three of the poltergeist films I forgot about Heather I mean uh, not Heather uh Zelda
1: yeah I got her confused with an another tiny voiced woman uh if you remember that. I think this was many episodes ago, and I was bringing. Oh yeah, she was in Poltergeist, but I was wrong. Oh gosh, who? What? Not Linda Hunt. Um, I don't know. She okay. Th- it was another like short lady with a very, uh, tiny, tiny voice.
0: Doctor Ruth. Doctor Ruth. <laughs> uh,
1: nope, she didn't have a an accent, but yeah.
0: Gotcha. All right,
1: <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so, that, that's beside the point.
0: Yeah, both sides of the point, but that's our family. Um, and so they've um. Moved into their haunted house. Uh, and like I said, it kind of starts right away. We get that whole scene in the very beginning where the TV, now, boys and girls, there was a time when TV was not 24 seven. Mm, yeah. And it would actually <laughs> go off the air.
1: Um, oh, man. I remember those days.
0: Yeah. And, the, and it would go off the air and it was the Star Spangled Banner would kick in and then it would just go to static. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's what kind of calls Carol Ann down is she hears the static and there's, it, it's like very subtle, like, almost inaudible voices. Yeah. That she at hears. first
1: I didn't hear any whispering, but then when I watched the movie again, I could hear like the whispers.
0: Yeah. I I just got the the one I watched for this for our podcast, I watched the 4K and uh the audio was like much clearer. Wow. So you I got noticed. the
1: the big time experience there. Big like time experience <laughs> in yeah. your home theater.
0: Exactly. And uh, I must admit that one of my all-time favorite characters in the film is E-Buzz, the golden retriever.
1: Oh, hey, that dog was awesome.
0: <laughs> I love E-Buzz so much. He's like my favorite. Um, but I also love how he's just like making his way around the house. Like he's eating everything he can find.
1: <laughs> when they're feeding the dog waffles and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I love E-Buzz. Um,
0: but I find it's very creepy, I think, how she's interacting with the TV. Like she's answering questions.
1: Yeah, and you really don't hear nothing but static mostly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, because it's like asking her age and then she like she's like, Yes, yes, I don't know. I I the whole thing's just very creepy, I think. Very, very creepy. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah.
1: She would have been good on um The Shining, I think. Because in she's the Shelly Duval role? Uh <laughs> I don't know any role because <laughs> she was a creepy kid, man. Oh. <laughs>
0: Hmm. See, I don't find her necessarily creepy. I, me personally, I find the situation creepy.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: To me, creepy. Now, Damien, like the omen, he's a creepy kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's just like kids in general that creep me out because. well, yeah, (laughs) I could totally
0: see that. (laughs) I totally get that. Um, Um, and then I just like the real quick interaction that they have, uh, when the dad's got all his buddies over watching the football game and it's clicking back and forth between Mr. Rogers and the football game oh, because the yeah. neighbor's remote is on the same channel.
1: <laughs> now, th- those are problems only our generation would know, I think. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, it, I, I like how there's little things set up throughout the film, too, because we get Robbie outside climbing that
1: like. The
0: weirdest tree ever in the world. Uh, which yeah. will come into play later, but no yeah. leaves
1: on it like it wasn't. No, it wasn't it just fall. Looks-
0: no, it just looks. It will look dead to me. It looked just like this big dead tree that should have been like knocked down. Yeah. Um. But then we also get the poor Tweety, the bird is dead, the little canary. Um, oh
1: yeah, and the mom's like, why couldn't it? Why couldn't it wait till a school day?
0: Right. Yes. Now, okay, this is just me, and I was running this past Walt. So you know, with coal mines, when there's a problem, they would bring birds down to coal mines, and then if the bird died, they knew it had they had to get out.
1: Oh, yeah. The canary in a coal mine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, do you think that that was a purposeful thing to make the bird a canary?
1: You know, I didn't even think of that. I was just wondering.
0: I wanted to get your spin on it. But anyway, so the bird's dead and they have to bury it in a little cigar box and yeah. she gives it a, a flower and a piece of licorice. and <laughs> like a napkin. If he gets
1: hungry, if he gets cold.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes, yeah, so I love that. And then, just the... So, like, Dane is not in there a lot. She really is not. But, like, to me, she gets like the best, like little scenes that give you like just little glimpses of like what she is, is like a teenager
1: because
0: mm-hmm. she's like being all sarcastic and snarky. And the mom like pulls her down and makes her kneel down while they're doing the prayers <laughs> over, oh, the, yeah. over the bird burial. <laughs> and then like <laughs> I love when they click to the scene and like E-Buzz is like licking its lips as they bury it.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um and then didn't you find it odd that she's like, now I can get a goldfish? And then almost immediately there's a gold, like two goldfish in her room.
0: Yeah. And she's overfeeding them too. Did you (laughs) notice that? She's like just going at it like it's Parmesan cheese on spaghetti. I did not notice that. Oh, yeah. Because the mom's even like, you can't feed them because they're gonna die. (laughs) She's like, No, they're really hungry. And she's just putting more and more in there. Uh, (laughs) Um now. Did you notice all the like product placement? There's like a
1: ton of like Star Wars stuff. Oh, yes, I did. Like Darth Vader. And then there's mm-hmm. like the droids. Yep. I saw that.
0: Yeah. Now I did. I, I made a note of it. Did you notice that there's like one scene where there's an alien poster?
1: Um. No, I didn't see that one.
0: OK, I made a note of that just because aliens are rated our movie and these kids are like eight and five, but they have the poster in their room. And to me I thought well that's interesting because they're really like way too young to be watching Alien.
1: So weird. I didn't even well, see that. I saw Luke Skywalker, I saw Darth mm-hmm. Vader, I saw he had the toys from like Hoth and just like all that Star Wars stuff, but
0: Okay, well, I was talking to Walt about it and Walt said they put that in there because the gentleman who did like the I think he said the music for Alien did the music for this. And it was an homage
1: to him. Okay, wow, so I that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you notice all... that the oh the um the score? It was great in creating a lot of tension in early on in the film because I remember just watching it and all of a sudden I'm like biting my nails or picking my nails and I'm like, why am I doing this? And then I'm listening and the the score is just going on in the background, creating a bunch of tension just building up.
0: Well, it's got that creepy, like it's, sh- how do I say this? It's like a, like almost like a nursery rhyme melody kind of thing. And it shouldn't be creepy, but it's so creepy. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's so creepy, Rob. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's so creepy. Um, yeah. It and was, then we also yeah, see- Oh, go ahead. So- no, I'm sorry. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you.
0: No, don't you, don't you dare apologize. I go just wanted
1: it. to add that it was just so disturbing. Like, um, you know, the way everything was put together thus far in the movie, it was a great buildup to what comes next.
0: OK, so that's going to go into what, what I was going to say, because we see the the parents, they're kind of, you know, the, the, the dad's role. They're in their bedroom and they have a TV in their bedroom. And, you know, mom's figured out that. Uh, that I guess apparently she used to sleepwalk and, you know, Carol Ann's sleepwalking and she thinks there might be like like hereditary kind of thing that you know like they share this in their oh genes. yeah and, and i also
1: i love oh, that ahead. the mom was just like smoking weed to the face that's, man. that's <laughs> what i was gonna
0: say yeah the dad's rolling his little joint and everything so like they're, they're like hip parents kind of thing you know yeah. they're all stuffy and everything they're your california parents um i kind of i never really thought this until this go round, and not in a bad way but i think mom might be a bit of a flake
1: You know, I was thinking the same thing because she is so eager to kind of accept almost everything.
0: Right? Yeah, I just something about which is not a negative in my mind. I love her, like I love her, but I think she might be that kind of like uh, that California hippie, hippie kind of you know open minded kind of person. Yeah, which is cool, I think. Were they
1: like the new agers? You know, kind of selling in California. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, They're definitely not yuppies or anything like that. You know. But then we also and they drop all these little things to the movie, but you got to like be paying attention. But she also mentions that they're digging for a new pool and then she's worried that Carol Ann might sleepwalk and fall into the pool.
1: Yeah. And the crazy thing is like she must have been really high when they were talking about that, because like that's the kind of shit you think about either when you're really high or if you're just like worried about a lot of stuff. And so she went from like being giddy to all of a sudden worrying about like what her daughter was going to do. And, you know, if the kids were going to drown in the pool and this and that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, just real quick, that's when we see that clown in Robbie's room and he throws a Chewbacca jacket on.
1: Oh, fuck that clown.
0: And I'm like, I'd rock that Chewbacca jacket right now. If I had it, I would wear
1: the shit out of that.
0: Oh yeah. Holy cow. Um, but then we also get like uh just just all things come into play. Like so Robbie does not like this the um the tree outside his house that like there's something about it. he's just he's not jiving with that tree.
1: Yeah, he's always looking at it, and it does look like there's spaces coming out of the branches. Oh
0: yeah, it's horrifying. Um what is it called? I think it's called the Guardian and the guy that directed... I'm drawing a blank. I feel so horrible because I love the movie. The guy that directed The Exorcist directed The Guardian. And it's got like a tree theme in it too. And I always... Th- this movie makes me think of The Guardian. The Guardian came out way after it. Uh, William Peter Blatty? Yeah,
1: William Peter Blatty, right? I, I remember that name, but I don't think I've seen that movie. You might want to watch it because it does
0: feature... a. If I'm remembering right, quite a bit of female nudity. <laughs> oh, wow. But hot, yeah, not that, not that that's all you live for, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I live for nudity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway, it's, I remember like really being disappointed the first time I saw it. Um, but I revisited it not too long ago. I'm like, this, I was, I was harder on the movie than I should have been. But anyway, yeah. Um, and this is also when they they introduced a little counting trick with the lightning and the, and the thunder to see if the storm's actually moving further away kind of thing.
1: Hm in the film, oh, the uh, the lightning storm, yeah, exactly, yeah, and they're counting between it. Oh, sorry, I misheard.
0: <laughs> I just... No, you're fine, no, you are fine, you're <laughs> fine. um, and then I love where you get the flash of light, and then the next scene, they're all four in their parents' bed.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because w- now, when the kid was counting, he was counting, I think he made it up to five, so what happened? Did like the storm come back to them? And, and I think just, it's just,
0: no I think the lightning he just couldn't take it it just scared him and they're like okay we're well and you know I don't know how you were but like as a little kid any excuse to sleep in my parents bed and not alone in my scary bed I I was fine with that
1: Yeah I used to sneak in the room and sleep on the floor <laughs> next to my parents bed
0: I remember one time my mom was telling me that my uh <laughs> My dad said he woke up and his neck was killing him. It was because I had wrapped my arm around his neck, but I didn't get in bed. I just fell asleep hanging off the side of the bed with my arm around his neck.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, that's got to be painful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, but anyway. Uh yeah, so um but so as I mentioned before, that's the second time because the TV clicks on or, you know, clicks off to the static and then Carol Ann's drawn to the TV again. And that's when it does that weird, like light show thing. And it blasts that little tiny, like smudge dot thing right above the parents' bed.
1: Yeah. And I don't remember that happening the first time I saw this movie.
0: Well, that's what leads to the infamous they're here line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the ho- they think they have an earthquake because the house is like going crazy.
1: Yeah, that.
0: Yeah. Holy yeah.
1: crap, man.
0: Yeah. And then we see that the bulldozer, <laughs> they're breaking ground for the pool and they earn, they unearth poor Tweety's little cigar box. I know basket. they didn't,
1: they didn't bury Tweety deep enough, I guess. Poor Tweety. Um, which I we will get to it when we get
0: there, but talking about burying things <laughs> deep down, I want to, I want to go into that when we get to the pool later on. But anyway, um. And so it's that morning and this is actually where we get Dana flipping off the uh creepy workers outside as she goes off to school.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just that I don't think that part will ever sit right with me.
0: No, that's pretty but I also love the part where after breakfast like she's cleaned up everything and then Carol Ann runs over and there's a little TV in the kitchen and she flips it over to just static and starts staring at it and then the mom's like you're going to ruin your eyes <laughs> and she turns it to like a war movie. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and this is the time when all kind of hell breaks loose where the the silverware gets bent and the glass breaks in the kid's hand. Yeah,
0: at the bottom. Just the bottom pops off yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, mom's big on pushing the chairs in. And then like she turns around, they're all pushed out. And then they're stacked up on top of
1: each other. Yeah, and that's when she's like, did you do that? No, I didn't do that. Like, How the right. hell is <laughs> the little girl going to stack all those chairs on top of each other? Yeah, and that's when she's like, it's the TV people. And she's like, "Oh, can you see them?" And she's like, "No, can you, mommy?" And of course, the mother says, "No." Right. And
0: I also like. There's, um, we get that scene with E. Buzz, and he's like bringing like the little toy. He's up to the parents' bed. He's like offering up to the smudge on the on the wall of the parents' bedroom.
1: Oh, yeah. So clearly,
0: he knows there's something going on too.
1: Yeah. So I guess he wants to play with the ghosts.
0: I guess. Now, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I love this scene. So, it's the Freeling's kitchen. But then it's a kitchen that's completely empty. And that's when Steve is showing another couple uh, an empty house for them to buy. Oh, yeah. I thought that was so cool how they faded into that. Because at first you're like, wait a minute, why is their house now completely empty? And then he's kind of going into the spiel about, you know you'll hear the grass is greener on every side and he's explaining like how things go up but you can like have it like customized to meet your own needs so they don't all look the same kind of thing i just thought there was a really cool transition into that,
1: that it was cars. because i thought i thought they were back like maybe they were selling their house or something but how the right hell did yeah they get the i thought it was really clean? cool
0: yeah and then once he gets home from his day that's when mom pulls him into the kitchen to <laughs> show off carol ann's uh, feat of being able to slide across the floor on her butt with the helmet on.
1: <laughs> I love how she just puts a football helmet on the kid and sits her on the floor. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and like she's been doing all day, too, because she's like, oh, it makes your stomach tickle inside. You know, you want to do it? And he's like, no,
1: I want no part of this whatsoever. Yeah, I would be the same. Be like, no, thank you. Just uh, whatever's exactly. going on. Let's get the hell out of here.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then this is when I was talking about earlier when we had the conversation, they go next door because you were saying like how far reaching. Is this issue? But the next door neighbor's like, no, we don't have a problem. Our house is just fine.
1: Yeah. What was with all the mosquitoes though?
0: I <laughs> so many mosquitoes. I think that was just par for the course.
1: Okay, because like all of a sudden he's just like covered in um whatever that stuff is that they put you put on for mosquito bites and itch yes. and stuff. Oh, I remember that stuff too. It's yeah. just like, huh? Now what what did mosquitoes have to do with all this?
0: Oh, I don't think it really had anything to, I think it was just the guy wouldn't let him inside because he was being a jerk and they were outside and being attacked by all these mosquitoes and just eaten alive, basically. I think that was really just
1: it. Okay. I thought it had something to do with the ghosts.
0: Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think it was just the neighbor was a jerk and he, you know, wouldn't be neighborly and invite him in to talk. He made him stand outside (laughs) and get eaten alive. (laughs) What an ass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, so now they're back home and they're, uh. Putting the ointment on, and dad's like made it perfectly clear that like they're not going to go in that kitchen.
1: Um, yeah, I would have told him to stay the hell out of the kitchen, too. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um,
0: uh, and then that's when the pretty much all heck breaks loose with the uh the storm outside, and then the tree actually busts through the window and grabs. Robbie.
1: Oh shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you notice like the weird foreshadowing before that? Like every time Robbie looked at the sky, you could see like clouds swirling. Oh yeah. It looked awful. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It did. Yeah. Um, and then, so they're all like worried about Robbie because the trees eaten
1: him. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I've got on my notes devoured by tree. I
0: know. And I'm like, there's no other way to explain that. Like, that's what's happening. Like you can't say, Oh, he fell out the window. You know, it's like, no, he's inside a tree that's consuming your child. Mm -hmm. Like your mind. I don't think, I think you would just be a puddle of, of like, ooze by the time you like wrap this all around your head. But anyway, so they're out there and then, you know, there's like Dana's ran out there. So they've all basically left Carol Ann alone. In the bedroom.
1: And I think that was the spirit's plan all along.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah. It was like a, a, a decoy almost. Yeah. And then that did you that see that black
1: ass. tornado man?
0: Yeah, and that's what that's what Dana was saying. She goes running out there and she's like, It was a tornado. You know, I'm thinking, well, that tornado didn't make the tree eat him.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's like they had a bunch of weird shit going on, like all at once. And if you uh-huh if you watch it just the first time, you probably won't catch everything. But if you see it a few times, you'd be like, ah, I noticed that I saw that. And you know,
0: and I also like the, like how the little roots are almost like uh, tentacles. and They kind of grab around his leg and everything. That That's very like evil dead to me. Yeah.
1: Oh, and when, uh, when the, the portal opened up and it kind of sucked everything into the, into the sky, that reminded me of evil dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, and whether or not they did it on purpose or not, I just love when horror movies, they're, you know, they kind of have that same little thread running through them. I think that's very cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, that stupid wicker bed is not enough to save Carol Ann as she's sucked into her closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like they, there's so much going on outside that they do not hear Carol Ann screaming. No, do not hear her at all. And of course, so mom's greatest fear is that she's in the
0: pool when they go to try to find her. So she, you know, dad dives into the pool, uh, but she's nowhere to be found in that wet gross muddy pool Yeah, um, and they run up to the, to the closet and uh, we get that uh, was it false sense of hope, but it's just that damn clown
1: yeah, covered in a blanket fucking clown.
0: Yeah. And then uh, that's kind of when, uh, <clears throat> sorry, when Rob, uh, Robbie hears Carol Ann kind of like coming out of the TV screen.
1: Yeah. And the mother's like searching the whole house, but he's like, no mom, she's in here. She's coming from the TV. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and he's like freaking out.
1: <laughs> Did you see like that? That was a very terrible shot of the side of his face because all you see is like teeth jutting out.
0: Okay, and, I didn't know if you wanted to go there or not. It's yeah, like, I'm fix not your fun teeth, of child. Boy, but yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> wow, because I remember like when I first saw the film, thinking that he was transforming into something. Oh, really? Like I thought. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing in the theater thinking he's becoming a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not making fun. That's really what I thought. But no, it's just just the young voice teeth. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrible, yeah. Terrible, <laughs> terrible teeth, man. Um. So then we get the shot where dad's actually gone to uh, meet with the uh, paranormal investigators and he's given the breakdown of ev- his family and everything. And now I thought this was weird that they didn't go to the police. What would they tell the police, though? I, but you know what? If my kid's missing, I sure as heck would be at the police. That'd be like the first thing I'd be doing. Not like going to like some paranormal investigator.
1: Oh yeah. But I mean if you were if you were like hippie parents like that.
0: I don't know, Rob. I still think I'd get the police involved if the kid's just <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, but uh <laughs> um but uh they are uh uh he's kind of Explain and then so he explains to them at the center what's going on and they actually come back and he's given the three of them a home tour of everything. Um and then just uh real quick, do you care if I go into the uh to the uh parapsychologist real quick?
1: Uh no, that's fine. I okay, just cause it's oh, I wanted to bring something up once uh like when they when the psych parapsychologists or whatever got to their home and they're talking about yeah, one time we saw a car move across the floor, and then he's like, it took seven and a half hours yeah. or something. <laughs> and I was like, Well, and you're n- like you're not gonna have to wait
0: very long to see a bunch no, of stuff. he's like, on. you got yeah, he's like, yeah, I got you got nothing on this one. Oh yeah. um, so the 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 main uh the lead uh uh doctor is Dr. Lesh, and that's Beatrice Strait. Um she was from Endless Love, which if you've never seen that movie, you're missing out on so much. It's got Brooke Shields in it. It's like the craziest teenage love story ever. Um, Hmm. It's just, it's, there's, it's basically the, 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 the guy. So she's like in love with this guy. They break it off, but he like, becomes like this psycho crazy stalker, but they never mention that. They just play it up as like a love story, but no, it's like insane. Um, And then she also did two of a kind with, um, They paired Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta back up again to try to, like, strike gold again that they had with Grease, but it did not do well. She was from that. And then she's got two um, gentlemen that work with her. One is Marty, and that's Martin Casella. And the only thing that I knew him from was RoboCop 2 from 1990. He played a yuppie in that one. Now, the second gentleman is Ryan, and he's the one that sticks around through the whole time.
1: Yeah, he's the artist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, too, was in Scream, Blackula Scream with Craig T. Nelson from 73. Oh, Did wow. you ever see Audrey Rose from 77? No, I have not. Okay, that's another weird kid movie. Um, He was in that. And then he was in Streets of Fire from 84 with Diane Lane. It's like a musical kind of thing. Hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah, he was in that. So those are our three parapsychologists. And they are all back at the house. Um. And he was saying and then dad's kind of explained that Dana spends a lot of time with her friends and that Robbie just sleeps in bed with them all the time. <laughs> and then um, and then this is actually leading up to the scene you were just talking about where they were talking about, like it takes a, like they took the photograph of the the, the car moving slowly and like seven hours. You could see it moving and then he opens the bedroom door and it's just like chaos.
1: <laughs> well, it was like a Masters of the Universe toy riding on a horse. <laughs> it was the Hulk. Oh, it was the Hulk. Okay. It was the Hulk. Yeah, it was the Hulk.
0: <laughs> but to me, I'm like, that's what Reagan's bedroom would have looked like in The Exorcist had she had toys.
1: Probably, yeah. 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 Um and I thought so, it was cool that they had the little uh the the thing that was attached to a pencil and it was playing the record. The protractor. Yes. I forgot that. Yeah, the name and it's just that. like
0: playing the little creepy kids' music. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's just stuff flying all over the place. Yeah, it was it was terrifying but it was great it It was was, a great effect but it'd be horrifying if you had to live in that house (laughs) oh shit yeah yeah but it was just great like the manifestation they were there and they're not going away
1: Mm -hmm. and like they were expecting to i think be almost easily debunked they're like okay these people are just like pulling our leg and then they go into the bedroom and like all that shit happens
0: you you could tell that the three of them were in over their heads and you could tell that
1: they knew that very quickly. hmm
0: Yeah, because that was not what they were. That's not what they signed
1: up for. No, they're not used to that kind of action.
0: Not at all. But could you imagine, I mean, if this was really your, like, your job, and, you know, you had seen things in the past, like a car moving, you know, in a, in a matter of seven hours, but then you're introduced to
1: this stuff, you'd be
0: like, holy cow.
1: Yeah, it's like we just, this is above my pay grade.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. But then, you know, so they're cl- clearly visibly shaken. But this is also when we get the little exposition about a haunting versus a poltergeist.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and they I explained that, that was interesting. I like.
0: That. Oh, yeah. I lo- See, I don't know about you, but like as a kid and like a teen, I was into this kind of stuff. So I read like uh, like Hans Holzer books and I read, um, oh, what are their names? Um, the Conjuring People.
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about. The Warrens. I I read tons of the Warrens books.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like I was into this kind of stuff. So like I knew like poltergeist versus haunting and stuff. But they say that, you know, in the film, they talk about poltergeist are usually attached to a person
1: mm-hmm.
0: versus a haunting, which is usually attached to a place. And poltergeists are usually short lived, whereas hauntings can go on for an indefinite amount of time, that kind of thing. And so clearly, like the poltergeist, it's the spirit has attached itself to Carol Ann.
1: Yeah, because uh, yeah. like we, we find out later on that Carol is kind of like her life force is a, a strong life force and she's like a beacon or something.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. And they they basically lashed. Well, something is basically lashed itself onto her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I love the scene where uh, it's like in the evening and mom's on the couch with Robbie and uh, uh, Dr. Lesh thinks that she's falling asleep. So she goes to turn off the TV and the mom's like, oh, could you leave it on? She's like, you know, that way Carol Ann's still with us. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was sweet. Um. And then so they're. Uh, Mom's trying to get Carol Ann to respond to her. And they actually haven't heard from her in a bit through the TV. And then. Uh, she's trying to get Carol Ann to say something. And so she tries to use uh, the dad. Uh, oh yeah. To get her to respond. She's like, say hello to daddy. And, you know, t- to get her respond that way.
1: Yeah. Because she's a, which one, which one of you is she more afraid of or something like,
0: Oh that? yeah. Well now you're jumping to when Tangina shows up. This oh, is just sorry, where they're sorry. trying. To, no, you're fine. You're fine. But you, she does do that. That's just later on. Um, but she's actually trying to like, you know, just to get her to respond because she hasn't heard from her in a while. She's getting concerned about that. Um, and that's when, uh, Dr. Lesh is like, um, uh, uh uh, trying to figure out if she can find a way home and, and everything. Um, And she's saying that she's just stay away from the light because she's thinking the light is like crossing over and she doesn't want it to cross over.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, And then that's where they hear like the thumping overhead.
1: Oh, and the they're mom, on the lower level. Yeah. The mom is on the stairs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. And then the, she gets this like, gust of wind. And she's like, you know, you can smell Carol Ann. She's like, come through me. I can feel her presence and everything.
1: I thought that was so tacky. She's like, I, I she passed through me. I felt her in my soul or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah. I don't know, but that's just kind of weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: And then they want to know, uh they're trying to figure out like where she actually vanished from. It was the last place you saw her. And they're like, well, we're assuming it was her closet. Um And I'm like, how do you really know that? Because you were all outside. But anyway.
1: Yeah, how um, did they? Because Robbie didn't even see that. He was being devoured by a tree.
0: Exactly. Like, they were all outside. I mean, I guess it's just deduction, but yeah. Um, And then that's where uh, Marty uh, says he was up there checking it out, and he got bit by something.
1: Holy shit. Did you see the size of the mouth on that thing that bit him? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this is where we get Dana. And she's like,
0: I got to go to Lisa's house. I got to go now. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Oh, and then like uh, Steve's trying to get Diane to leave. And she's like, I'm not leaving without Carol Ann. So she's staying and Robbie's going to stay there with him. And, you know, at least through this night and everything. Yeah, She is determined um,
1: to get her daughter back.
0: Oh, yeah. She's not. Yeah. She's like Mama Bear. She's not going to go. Um, And then this is the evening where the whole like light show kind of starts at the top of the stairs.
1: Oh yeah. Like the, mm-hmm. at first I thought it was just tentacles and then like a, it looked like a woman in a, a flowing dress coming down the stairs, but apparently it was a bunch of ghosts.
0: But you don't really see that until it's played back on the tape, which I right. thought was really cool. Yeah. That yeah was Which I thought was cool. really cool. And then like um,
1: all the watches and stuff dropped from the ceiling after that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought
0: all that was very, very cool because at first, well, until you see the whole film, that wouldn't make sense to you really why that was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then we also, find
1: out that the, like, it's a, on one side is an opening to the spirit world. And then like above the, in that living room, I guess is an opening where things pass through like to the Exactly. Other side.
0: Yes. Cause it's like, if there's an exit, if there's an entryway, there's gotta be an exit way or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Now, I never, ever, ever picked up on this until the last time I was watching this film. There's a point where Robbie is like, they're kind of like uh, the mom and Dr. Lesh. They're talking about like, you know, the afterlife with Robbie, you know, like what what it's like to die and the afterlife and stuff. And then Robbie says, I wish you could tie a rope
1: around me and I could just go get her. Yeah, I actually wrote that down because I was like, Robbie's the one who came up with the idea for the rope of going, you know, into the, into the portal, I guess, in basically finding his sister so they would have a tether.
0: Yeah. I never, ever once remember that line ever. No, I don't remember it either. Ever, Rob. And I like, I bought this thing on VHS. I mean, I watched this thing a lot and I never remember that line before. So yeah, kudos to Robbie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now this is where we also get the scene of Marty going into the kitchen because he's hungry.
1: Oh man. <laughs> what can I say about this?
0: I this is one of my favorite parts from the film. I yeah. got to be honest with you. I love this scene. It's
1: like living steak, man. Living steak, maggot chicken. Maggot chicken. And then when he goes into that bathroom or whatever, he's yeah, just pulling his face closet. apart. Yeah.
0: Yes. And that was intense for a PG movie. I remember thinking, holy cow. Because he like looks in the mirror and the light flashes above him. Yeah. And he like, there's like something on his, his cheek. So he starts like kind of like picking at it. And before you know it, he's just like ripping the heck out of his flesh.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> and it's,
0: his big chunks are falling in the sink with the water <laughs> running on it. It's all bloody. And it's just I mean, he's like going to town like there's it reminds me a lot of one of the um, decomposition scenes from American Wolf in London.
1: That and also it reminded me a little bit of The Fly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Like they went to town with this effect and I don't know how they got it past the ratings board, but I'm glad they did because it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Um uh, <laughs> uh yeah so anyway so yeah and then like you know that's when they come back in and everything we just talked about with the whole like light show and everything and all that um so that's also when they decide that hey you know what Robbie probably needs to go to grandma's house with E-Buzz <laughs> <laughs> um he doesn't want to go really no it, i i love i love E-Buzz so much cuz like he looks back and he like gives that little look with his little eyebrows. And I just, I love E-Buzz so much. I'm glad E-Buzz was not hurt in the filming of this motion picture. No, that's a smart dog. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's when we find out that Ryan's going to stick around, but Marty has booked it out of there. He's not going to be around for the long haul.
1: Yeah. He's had enough of a like, moving steak and uh, peeling his face off. <laughs> Ripping his face off. <laughs> he's like, um, forget it. I'm and- done.
0: Yeah. And that but uh, Dr. Lesh is like, I've got to head out, but I I will be back, but I'll be back with help,
1: too. Yeah. Um, And this is when they bring in um, Tangina, right? Just about. But also before that, we get to meet Mr. T. Oh, yes. And I had written something down about that as soon as I saw him. I was like, aha.
0: (laughs) I love Mr. Teak because he's played by James Karen.
1: That's right. Who we remember from Return of the Living Dead.
0: Exactly. He was Frank in that one. And in 88's Return of the Living Dead 2, he played Ed. Oh, yeah, then, that's
1: right. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And for all my lynch heads, he was uh, in Mulholland Drive from 2001 as well.
1: And he just strikes you as it must be his eyes. But he's got that look of kind of a sleazy salesman kind of, you know. Uh, a guy who would uh, sell his own mom or something like
0: that. Yeah. I just, I love the man. I I just love him so much. He's like Dick Miller as far as I'm concerned. I just, there's something about the actor I just really love. I just, I love him. I'm glad when he's in films. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, I like the scene where the, where Mr. Teaks in the house and the piano just kind of slides, but like Steve's trying to like avert his attention. Oh away from
1: yeah. That. He doesn't <laughs> want him to know about it. Right, Is right. It, what's the matter with your family? Oh, we've got the flu. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, and and then he's also like, uh, uh, he mentions that uh, Carol Ann was born in the house. Oh, she was born in that house. She was born in the house.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Which I think makes it all the more interesting, considering what's going on.
1: It does. Especially as we start to uncover more and more things like, you know, the previous history and when, you know, when all of this stuff occurred.
0: Exactly. Well, and basically the reason Mr. Teak has shown up is because, you know, obviously Steve's been missing work with all this going on, but Mm -hmm. Mr. Teak is worried that he's unhappy and he's looking for other employment.
1: Yeah. He's worried that he may have jumped ship.
0: Yeah. Or he's thinking about it. Yeah. So he takes him like on a little, like almost like, field trip excursion or whatever, up to higher ground mm-hmm. um, to show him where his new house could be.
1: Yep, this will be your view.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, there's one thing that's a problem that they would have to change if they're going to build a house there.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. which when the camera pans behind them, there's a big old graveyard there. Mm-hmm.
0: But that's not a big deal because they could just relocate it like they did the other to- uh, the other cemetery which is where his house sits now.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mysteries yep. solved.
0: Yep. They did it before in 76 uh, with Cuesta Verde. They just moved everything to the, what was it? The Rockstein, Rockston, uh Memorial Park. And they can always go visit him there if they want to. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that kind of starts to explain everything. Oh, and he even mentions too. He's like, well, it's not like it was an ancient uh, tribe. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what is that?
1: Does that have to do with like the Amityville series? Are where you know, I they- think
0: it might be a nod back to that, yeah, oh, okay. because they they always blame like ancient tribal land as being cursed, yeah, in, like every movie
1: burial ground, yep, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and then so this is where where uh, Tangina comes in, played by Zelda Rubenstein, and just real quick, uh, uh, Zelda is um, I guess most famous for well this film. But she was also in 16 Candles, the John Hughes movie. Oh. She, too, was in all three of the Poltergeist films. She was in a movie called Anguish, which is really good, from 87. Did you ever see Teen Witch?
1: Teen Witch. Mm, no, but I did see Southland Tales in 2006, so I remember Oh, my gosh. That. Did you
0: really? Mm-hmm. I actually like that one. I love uh, Justin Timberlake's cover of the killer song in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she had an uncredited part in The Ams Family from 91. She did one episode of Tales from the Crypt from 92. Of course. Mm-hmm. And we've got to talk about this just real quick. So the films had a TV like spinoff. It was Poltergeist of Legacy from 96 to 99. I remember that. Yeah. And she did one episode in 96.
1: And that was almost like the anthology series of Friday the 13th, where it had nothing to do with Jason. No, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. Well, and you know what else was kind
0: of like that, too, I thought was Freddy's Nightmares. Do you remember that one?
1: No, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you're a kid. Well, you were a big slasher fan.
0: Yeah, it, it, that was kind of the same thing where it was like they just slapped the name on there, but it really wasn't a lot to do with. Like you were saying, like the Friday thirteenth and, and this one, yeah, it was kind of like in name only, like let's cash in real quick and do a whole a, a money grab thing,
1: yeah. Because wasn't Friday the thirteenth the series more about like haunted um, artifacts or something? Yeah, like that? Yeah, yes, exactly. Like a,
0: it was like a uh, antique store, yeah, and they had to they had to retrieve everything,
1: right? So that that had nothing to do with Jason. I don't know why they named it that. No, now did you watch that show? I did.
0: So do you remember Roby, um, the redhead? I the actress. Yes. So I don't know how much of this is true, but I had read somewhere that she was actually a naturist and hmm. she, for the most part, lived like on a commune where they weren't closed. So she would actually have to come in and get dressed for the acting bits, but then she would go back and go back to her naturalist lifestyle.
1: <laughs> wow. No, I yeah. did not know that.
0: Yeah. Actually, you know what? Like you said, had nothing to do with Friday 13th. And once I got over that, though, I really liked that show a lot.
1: Yeah, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I looked forward to that show. But anyway, okay. So we meet Tangina. I'm sorry for that. uh, Who's Zelda Rubenstein? Um, And so (laughs) I really like her character because she's not going to put up with any bullshit.
1: (laughs) Oh, she's this no nonsense Southern Belle, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm, I like her a lot because, like, I mean, Steve's just like, he's pretty much
0: down for anything, but he's not really taking her very seriously. And he's trying to like psychically answer oh, her questions. Oh yeah, he's
1: like, I tried sending my <laughs> thoughts to her and she didn't answer me. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's like, I'm in the world of the living, so I'd appreciate if you would just talk to me. Yeah. Which I thought, you go you go, uh, Tangina, I want to call her Zelda. But yeah. Um, oh, he also makes that comment, what side of the rainbow are we working on tonight?
1: <laughs> I don't think I caught that.
0: Yeah, I'm like, you're just a jerk, Steve. <laughs> uh, but she's talking about like a, houses have hearts and she's like, yours has
1: many hearts. Um, and see, I didn't know what she was talking about until I had re- watched this movie again. And I was like, aha, because there's a lot of dead bodies in their backyard. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and then she like reaffirms that the daughter's alive and she talks about location and that the port of origin is the child's closet. Um, but she's going to need she's going to need Diane's help. The mom's help, it if they're going to make this work.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no it, matter what, uh, no matter what I say, whether it goes against your religion, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, exactly. You have got to do exactly as I say.
0: And then uh, she's like, there's no death. There's only a transition to a different sphere of consciousness. And and the, they're attracted to Carol Ann's life force, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And she's basically distracting them from the real light. Um, and that the people are, or
1: the spirits around her don't know that they've passed on. Um, and then the, there's one troublesome spirit that has attached itself to her. Like it, it shows itself as a child to her, but it's not a child. It's a very dark spirit, I guess. Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. Um, it's creepy. What would she say? I think I wrote it down. Um It lies to her. It uses her to restrain the others. It appears as another child. But to us, it's the beast. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. Which in my mind, it automatically became um, Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh! Yeah, yeah. He would be the beast. He's just telling her filthy limerick. (laughs) Hickory dickory dock. Right. (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) So... So then we see Ryan and he's numbering the tennis balls because tangia has got a plan here.
1: Oh yeah. And I kind of didn't know where she was going with those tennis balls at first, but you know, is
0: this going to get filthy really quick? (laughs) (laughs) Zombie strippers. (laughs) Uh, And then this is where they've got to get her away from this beast air quotes Mm -hmm. um, because he's, he's tricking her. He's, he's got her under restraint and they've got to get her away. If they have any hope of bringing her back to this dimension, yeah, this realm. Um, And so basically she's not really responding to mom. And this is where you were talking about earlier where, you know, Tangia's is like, well, who, who does she respond to more as far as punishment? Mm, yeah. And then, you know, so basically they decide Steve's going to have to threaten her with a spanking. If she doesn't, you know, come towards the light. <laughs> and, uh, but then all this time, you know, Dr. Lesh has been telling Diane, you know, she, tell her stay away from the light. Don't go to the light.
1: Yeah. Stay away. Don't go into the light because she thinks that that means the other side, I guess. I don't mm-hmm, know. Exactly. So basically
0: she's thinking that they're going to kill her daughter. Now, you know, they're going to have a transition into like, you know, the other world Mm -hmm. you know and have her stay there anyway um so they tried the tennis ball trick and what she's doing is is she wants to throw the tennis balls into the closet to make absolutely sure that they drop down through the ceiling where the spirits actually like went into the 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 night prior when they were filming
1: yeah and when those tennis balls went through didn't it look like they had been stripped of all the felt
0: and they were like purple slimy covered and everything yeah I wonder if they were just kind of not stripped of the felt, but they were like uh, damp,
1: maybe? Oh, covered in that like ectoplasmic goo? Yeah, ectoplasm. Yes,
0: thank you. Yes. I wonder if that's what it was. Yeah.
1: Maybe. It just kind of like they were all, since they were all purple, it looked like all the felt had been torn off of them.
0: Yeah. But, and of course, the reason she had them numbered were to show that they were coming out sequentially and that it was Ryan's handwriting. There was no trickery or anything like that. And it wasn't just more filth from the kids room coming down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so the so the next thing they could do is like put the rope through there.
0: Mm -hmm. And of course, Tangia's like, I'll do this. And Diane's like, she doesn't even know you. I've got to do this.
1: And also, she's like, "You've never done this before," and she's like, "You're right. You do it,
0: <laughs> right?" Which I loved.
1: <laughs> I was like add, add, like, "Add a little bit of comedy to the situation, right I'm there." I'm like,
0: "Good on you, mom." <laughs> and then, like, you know, Steve's like, "I'll go," and she's like, "No, you stay here because I'm going to need you to like catch us, you know, and 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 pull the rope back and everything." And she's like, "Don't let go of the rope."
1: Yeah. yeah. no matter what you hear, don't let go of the rope. Always hold on to it. Hmm.
0: Yeah but that doesn't quite work out that way does it now
1: <laughs> of course not it wouldn't be a movie
0: if it did no cuz that cuz he's he's uh and then like immediately like it's like seconds once she goes into the closet tangia flips the script and she's like come into the light oh yeah why you told her not to <laughs> yeah she's like crossover children all are welcome <laughs> it's like you
1: fucked us lady you and fucked that, us
0: yeah that big ass creepy giant skull pops out and he just like loses oh, it man. drops the drops the rope um
1: super jump scare
0: oh yeah but by then dr lesh has gone down and she's with ryan and they kind of yank in the uh the gooey uh twosome uh carol ann and diane are pulled down to the ceiling and they are, are caught downstairs on the lower level yeah, and and what did she say? Like the- get them
1: to the tub immediately or something? Yeah, I think so
0: they weren't gonna go into shock or anything and to get them in, in the water. Almost like I think like probably like a like a birthing, I would think.
1: Huh. Like a situation.
0: I think just to get their their uh their body readjusted to everything, I would think that would be very traumatic to go through, I would think.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, if they especially when they pass through the portal, it's like they were both unconscious.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Carol Ann or Heather O'Rourke did a very good job of that. Like she looked, it was very questionable. I'm like, are you okay, Carol Ann? Like she did a really good job. I thought for being so young, the actress.
1: Oh yeah. Even when she was sleeping, like earlier on in the film, like when the children were sleeping in the bed with the parents and she had her arms sprawled out over like the mother's face. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder how she does that while keeping a straight face because I would be laughing my ass off.
0: Yeah, I thought they were very good. I thought they were all very good, but nowhere at all did I buy that the three were siblings. They none looked alike to me at all.
1: Oh, absolutely not, no.
0: No, I, I I love them all, don't get me wrong, but they did not look like they came from the same gene pool.
1: Oh, and you know what's interesting about that is a bit of trivia that I had read where it was, um, I guess, in the novelization that... um excuse me, Diane Freeling is the stepmother of Dana Freeling. And the children, Robbie and Carol Ann, are the only two that Diane and Steve have, whereas uh, Diane Freeling is the stepmother to Dana. So they had her beforehand.
0: Get out. So he at least had been married before. Mm -hmm. Weird. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Why would you... Now,
1: so And that's why there's not, such an age gap between the two little ones well, and then the 16-year-old. That would make sense.
0: So now was was Poltergeist a novel beforehand, or did it one of those things they put out to go with the film?
1: That's what I would like to know too, because I only read that part where it was a novelization. So I don't know if it came out as a book first or you know what the hell was going on there.
0: Interesting. I almost think it may have come out. With the film, because on IMDb it just has writers and it says screenplay by, and there's no uh, credit given to a a, like a novel or a writer, Mm, okay, an author. Interesting, Uh, interesting. Okay, that's way cool, huh? Okay, thank you, Rob. You just made my day.
1: Okay, (laughs) no problem.
0: Um, So now we have the new day with the moving trucks showing up and they're loading all the boxes and everything. Oh, wait, wait, wait!
1: We forgot the famous line. This house is clean. <laughs> you're right. <laughs>
0: you're absolutely right. That's right, because they leave the family in the bathroom and then they go out and like she's fixing her like ratty hair that's like flown all over the place. <laughs> and the, yeah, and she's yeah, right. And then because they've been recording this and she's like, Yep.
1: Yeah. I was like, nope, you're wrong, lady. You're so very wrong. <laughs> oh yes, Tangina. Yeah, you're you're not quite
0: right on that. <laughs> oh no. But we're given to believe that she is right, aren't we, Rob?
1: Oh, definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And we even get a peek at the mom has a little Reed Richards going on with her hair,
0: right? Yeah, because that 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 next morning they're packing up the boxes and stuff, and then Dana's going to head out with Brian.
1: <laughs> yeah, and how the hell does she know about the the Holiday Inn? That's what I want to know. <laughs> because oh. When- did- Remember when the mother brought it up? She's like, oh, I know that place by the highway. And they just kind of right. give her a funny look. They're like, how the hell do you know that place by the exactly. highway? Exactly.
0: Why do you think she knows about that place? <laughs> and she also had that hickey that she like had to cover up. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that? No, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. There's a part where she's got a hickey and she has to cover it.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, like, nice. I did not notice that.
0: Yeah. Dana's leaving. Dana's li- leading quite the little double life there as a <laughs> teenager. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I love Dana. She's she's a, a pretty cool chick. She's I think. a little spitfire. Um, she is. I'm pretty sure she is. Uh, but yeah, mom's got that like Reed Richards thing going on, or uh, uh, Pride of Frankenstein. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and at first she thinks she thinks it's cool, but then she decides to like dye her hair. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Which kind of reminded me. Are were you a Nightmare on Elm Street watcher? Oh, you know I was. So that reminded me of Nancy too when she gets that streak in her hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So I'll, I'll move on. Otherwise, we'll start
1: talking about that. Oh yeah, um, we could do like two hours of nightmare. On exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, but it's you know they're perfectly clear that they are not sleeping there tonight. That Dad's just got to go, you know, cover some loose ends at work because Mister Teak cannot accept the fact that he's quitting.
1: Yeah. Um, so he's he, he's got to figure out a uh, he's got to figure out a way to tell him to go to hell in a way that he'll understand.
0: Right. Um, And apparently Carol Ann has no recollection of what's happened. She's just like, la, la, la. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And then mom decides she's going to color her hair. And I love that the kids are already bickering. Like, that's just kids for you. They're already fighting over that truck and the doll.
1: Yeah, they're back at it.
0: Now, okay. If my child had been sucked into the closet by dead people. Mm Mm-hmm. I would not leave that child out of my sight.
1: No, you know how they, when did they start up the leashes for children? Because yeah, (laughs) I think I would have like tethered myself to them.
0: (laughs) I also would not set foot back in that house ever. I would pay someone to pack it up.
1: Oh, hell yeah. I would be in a hotel so quick.
0: But apparently we're idiots because what you would want to do is draw a bath strip down and dye your hair.
1: Yes. While they're alone in that same damn bedroom. <laughs> and while the kids, Oh, you're going to have to tuck yourselves in tonight. Kids, yes. Because mommy's taking a in. bath.
0: <laughs> and if the phone rings, you better get up and answer it.
1: Oh man. That is so great. That's what I mean. I think mom's
0: just a bit of a flake. <laughs> yeah. She is. She's like,
1: just worries about getting high and coloring her hair.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm like, Really? This is the choices you're making after your child just was returned from another dimension. Right.
1: You've just been through hell. I mean, what? I don't see how you would even want to step foot in that house.
0: Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. Not at all. Anyway, (laughs) whatever.
1: It's not up to us, though. We didn't write the film.
0: No. Mm
1: -mm. No, no.
0: Because I have in my notes real big, who the hell would do this? (laughs)
1: Idiots.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so... They've tucked themselves to bed. Mom's soaking. And then this is where we get the noise at the foot of Robbie's bed.
1: Mm -hmm. And oh, man, fuck the clown. I I can't say it enough. Fuck that clown. Yep.
0: And the clown's gone. And unfortunately, Diane owns the world's loudest blow dryer. (laughs) Because she doesn't hear any of this going
1: on. (laughs) No, she doesn't. That. Now, was she blowing the dryer directly into her ears instead of her hair to be able don't to know. not
0: hear that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, she decides that she's just going to lay back and relax a little bit, and this is where I... Now, I don't know if you're going to know what I'm talking about, but I put down Entity Action. Did you ever see the movie The Entity?
1: I did, but I barely remember it. Okay,
0: that's the one that's based on a true story where the it's got Barbara Hershey in the role, but a woman was... um like physically attacked repeatedly by an, an entity, a ghost. What's the uh, one
1: uh, where the guy is actually raped by the ghost? A man? Yes. I don't
0: know. What are you talking about? I need to see this.
1: Oh, shit. You've never seen that? This must have, have been like- I have
0: no idea what you're talking about. A man.
1: Yes. This must have been 88 or 89 where um I was at my friend's house. We were, well We were at his grandmother's house. And we watched this weird ass movie and I thought it was the entity where the guy, he's like, I can't move. And then like (laughs) the ghost strips him down and is actually having sex with him. But you can't see the, you can't see anything. It's just implied. And it's just like, that was the weirdest thing that I had seen. Well,
0: this is, you're explaining a a lot of the entity to be honest with you except it's a woman. Really? Um yeah. Now if wow. you tell me this has Tom Selleck or Alec Baldwin, I'm going <laughs> to hang up right now and go watch this and we can finish this up later. Yeah,
1: I don't know who I don't know who starred in it. I just remember that one part where just like the you know the husband the wife was held down and the husband was like held down. He's like I can't move. That's like the only part I remember.
0: <laughs> Weird. I've got to find this before I die. Okay, interesting but yeah. So like moms and then, Oh, this is what I wrote. Oh, I'm like, well, sorry. Oh, go ahead. One
1: more no. thing. Okay. You know how in bringing this back to nightmare on Elm street. When, oh my uh,
0: gosh. I'm going to slap you. Yes. Nancy's, I'm going to slap Nancy's, because Nancy's right here. I said, why do I have Tina time written
1: down? What does that mean? <laughs> go ahead. Keep going. So Rod, was it Rod? Is that, is that what it was? where the girl uh Rod and Rod and his girlfriend she gets pulled up the wall and spun Tina. around on okay Tina Yeah, yeah. Tina uh-huh and uh, yep. basically her foot kicks her as she's be, kicks Rod as she's being spun around and killed Yes yeah um uh, and so I was just thinking that like flashbacks to Nightmare on Elm Street
0: Okay thank you cuz I I while we were talking I looked down I'm like why do I have Tina time written down <laughs> <laughs> and that's why yeah because like mom's like uh, you know up the wall and then yeah. on the ceiling and then rolling all around because you know basically again they're trying to get carol ann back and they they're like doing all they can to keep mom from getting in there
1: mm-hmm. um and, and then so- they were like uh they had that weird <laughs> stuff around the door
0: oh yeah like that this
1: gray shit yeah
0: yeah 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 exactly um and the- <laughs> and i love this is another one of my favorite scenes where she, where Diane goes to open the bedroom door and that ghostly, like skeletal spider looking thing. Yeah.
1: Was that a dog person thing? I don't know,
0: but I love it. I don't care what it is. It was creepy. Yes. Yeah. All get out.
1: Ridiculously scary. And I love like, those that long thing. limbs. Woo.
0: Man, I love that thing. And then Carol Ann's like, no more. <laughs> And then mom gets like thrown down the stairs, basically, and propelled out the house. And then, of course, she slips into the
1: unfinished pool. Oh, geez. And this is uh, where all the dead bodies start popping up. Exactly.
0: Now, much earlier on, I said I want to talk about something, but I wanted to wait. So how far down were they going to make that pool? And how far down were these dead people buried?
1: And, yeah, also did did the dead people just start popping out of the ground because of the paranormal activity or were they like buried under the house to begin with and then all of a sudden, you know, the secrets are coming to light because there's all this chaos going on?
0: I think they were always, I'm going to try to answer what you just asked me. I think they were always there. I think the paranormal activity kind of forced them up.
1: Yeah, because it's not like they were reanimated corpses. It's just that they just kept popping up everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think that I in my mind, that's what I think happened in my mind. But I want to know, like, how deep were these people buried? Because don't they only bury people like six feet, like six feet under?
1: Yeah, I thought six feet was just the standard. So that pool looked way deeper than six feet. Oh, well, in the beginning, they said it's uh what was it? A 10 foot pool. Right. Okay. Okay. So Rob, they would
0: have been hitting those caskets earlier on when they were digging. Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: So how far down were these caskets buried?
1: Right. Did because they didn't. They only moved the headstones, not the bodies. So they would have been buried six feet.
0: Yeah. They would have been hitting them right and left.
1: Right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay.
0: It's a movie. I'm fine with that. (laughs) It's Um, just
1: a plot hole. We hit a plot hole.
0: Now. Okay. So she's down there with all of these skeletons. I don't want to swim in muddy corpse water. No. <laughs> She's screaming, oh, I don't want muddy man. corpse water in my open mouth.
1: Yeah. And then she can't get out of the damn thing because there's mud everywhere.
0: No. And then so she climbs up that like that plastic hosing and then Ben, the next door neighbor, grabs her by the wrist.
1: Which I thought that was Craig T. Nelson at first.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's not. It's Ben. And then, of course, the mom's like, what are you doing to your children? Listen to
1: them scream. (laughs) Like, well, don't help her. It's like, are you how can you be doing something to your children when you're outside and they're in there screaming? Exactly. Exactly.
0: So she finally gets back in the house just as Steve arrives in the front of the light show going off in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then Mr. Teak, those eyes, they like bulge out of his head because he's so shocked.
1: And just like I said, man, there's something about it. It's those eyes. It just makes you, it's like Mr. Furley from three's company. Almost it. Yeah.
0: Oh, Oh, Don Knotts. Yeah. And then I love, I love how the, the, the coffins, the caskets are like preventing everyone's like entry or escape. Yeah.
1: They're just popping up all over the place. Oh,
0: it's great. I love it so much. I love it so much. And then, so like Steve can't get in the, the, Three inside can't get out because of all these caskets. And then so just Dan basically turns and confronts the boss about the headstones because he's finally figured out what's going on. He didn't move the caskets. He just moved the headstones. Yeah.
1: So he said, like, you left the bodies under. You uh, You move the headstones, but you left the bodies.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then I love the scene where E-Buzz is booking it out as fast as he can out of the back gate. <laughs> <laughs> the dog knows oh, how to survive. I know. And then this is the only scene. I understand why they did it, but mom's running with like a baby doll because it does not at all resemble a human whatsoever.
1: I didn't notice that.
0: Oh, watch it again, Rob. It's so fake. Okay. So very fake. I'm like, why is why is mom leaving with the toy?
1: Now, did we talk about that gaping maw thing with the little tentacle coming out of it? Wait, the what? The gaping maw. You know, that big giant hole. No, I tipped over that.
0: Yeah, from the closet. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Go for it. No, I just like, that was creepy as shit too. Like the the skeleton, that skeletal creature, as well as that just like, it looked like an open mouth or an anus or something with a tentacle coming out of it.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, because we jumped over that. Yeah, so basically mom finally gets the door open. Robbie's ready to be sucked in there. He's holding on to Carol Ann and she's like trying to get to Robbie and they basically form like a human chain and she pulls him into the hall.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, I did skip over that. Yeah, no, that whole like, weird closet thing. The closet just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Mm,
1: Let me just say fuck closets too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was in one long enough. I don't want to go back. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So now they all pile in the station wagon. Of course it won't start giving the uh, garage time just enough to have one more casket burst out and open up onto the windshield.
1: Yeah. And doesn't something happen to Mr. Teague? Like doesn't a, like a casket pop up in front of him or whatever. Well, he gets hit by that burst of light, like because it's. Oh yeah, before the house implodes on itself. Oh yeah, yeah. and then and then like
0: Dana arrives <laughs> and she's freaking out and screaming. Yeah, and like, stop to her screaming, just
1: get in the goddamn car, woman.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Brian takes off. He's he's just gonna leave her there. He's not a very good boyfriend. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and that's where the ball of light strikes Mr. Teak and the house just kind of implodes on itself.
1: Yeah, and the whole neighborhood is kind of out watching this happen now. Can
0: you imagine? Oh, my gosh. How would you can I how would you even explain this? I would want to get
1: out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> can I'm you imagine?
0: That. Oh, and you have to disclose that. You can't just, like, leave that out when you're selling your house. Yeah,
1: a house got sucked into another dimension.
0: Possible portal to hell? We don't
1: know. <laughs> Oh, man.
0: And then so they just they 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 leave the suburbs. They head to that Holiday
1: Inn. Oh, yeah. um, By the highway.
0: By the highway. They close the door only to open it to push the TV set out and leave it on the little walkway outside. Right.
1: They're like, we're not dealing with this crap anymore. Now, this is something else that
0: I never noticed until last night's watch. They. They pan away from the door of the hotel. Oh, very slowly. Yeah. Did you notice anything when they did? No, I didn't. So the room right next to them was 2015 or 215 and the room after that was 217. So going with that, if you go backwards, they were in room 213.
1: What does that mean?
0: Just 13's an unlucky
1: number. Oh, no,
0: I did not even notice that. I never noticed that until last night. And I said something to Walt. And he's like, yeah, that's in the trivia that they're in an unlucky number. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, too. Just little touches.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to say like the TV flicked on or something. Oh, yeah.
0: No, no, <laughs> no. I just thought that was kind of
1: because I'm like, because they're panning back. I'm like,
0: wait a minute. That's 215. Oh, wait a minute. That's 217. I'm like, so if you go backwards, the room night right next to two fifteen would put them in two thirteen. I'm like, that's kind of
1: cool, huh? Yeah, and that's kind of like weird how buildings don't have any actual. Well, they do have an actual thirteenth floor, but they don't name it that.
0: Right? Yeah, and I was thinking that too. I'm like, is it really two thirteen or did they skip that too? So it's actually like two what eleven? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but anyway, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> two twelve something like that. Yeah, yeah. but going
0: with poltergeist guys versus.
1: Hauntings,
0: there have been. If you're gonna, if you believe in these kind of things, there have been cases where poltergeists will continue to follow people. I was just to about to bring that up.
1: Yeah. yeah, as a because it poltergeist attaches itself to a person, so therefore exactly. Carol Ann will always be a target. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like the
0: movie I was talking about, The Entity, that because that was based on a true story, the woman said even after she left that house, she was still tormented by the unwanted advances of the of the entity that would force itself on her.
1: Mm. And I've heard yeah. a lot of uh, stories like that where people had moved out of the so- supposedly haunted houses mm-hmm. only to be visited again by the spirit that was bothering them in their previous home.
0: Yes. And oftentimes, poltergeists are associated with uh, younger people.
1: Right. I think I heard one theory where they were energy manifestations of um mm-hmm. of unprocessed anger and like those kind of repressed emotions and shit like that.
0: Right. A lot of times like prepubescent is like is like uh younger people are turning into teens right around that age. Yeah. I guess like where your body's going through changes and you're like not quite sure how to deal with your emotions and mm-hmm. whatever. Teenage which having- which, having said that, every one of my students should be visited
1: by a poltergeist <laughs> soon. <laughs> Who knows? They might not be telling you if they are. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Rob, poltergeist,
1: how do you feel about the film? I give it seven thumbs up. No, six, six, six thumbs up, man. <laughs> six,
0: now, are they uh, bony,
1: decomposing thumbs up? They are long-limbed skeletal hands. Okay. All, right. all thumbs. <laughs> 666 thumbs. Exactly. Now just real quick. Um, have you seen the other two films? I have, but I barely, re- like I said, I thought Poltergeist two was in Poltergeist one where, you know, he drank hmm. the thing and then vomited up that creature. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly thought it was all part of the same movie. Gotcha. And you've seen three, two or three I as well,
0: have, not three, two, three
1: as well. Okay. Yes, I have, but gotcha. I just, I don't remember it as well as I remember one and two.
0: Three's the one set in a um apartment and the apartment's above a mall. And yeah. she's living with I believe it's her aunt and her husband and it's got Tom Skerritt from Aliens Alien Alien sorry mm. and then Nancy oh gosh Nancy Allen from like Dress to Kill and RoboCop.
1: Okay, you know what? I don't think I've seen 3. I've just seen 1 and 2.
0: There's a lot of stuff done with mirrors. Hmm. uh in the um uh, third one a lot of mere trickery
1: okay because the second one now is when that doomsday cult like that real tall skinny guy yes the um, preacher yes okay, and he's yeah. the one that passed away yes right. yes yep, yeah yep. so i only saw one and two i didn't see three hello you still there
0: yes can you hear me
1: okay yeah you just uh i didn't hear anything oh
0: if you've never seen three, I would be curious to get your take on it. Cause I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, this is garbage. Um, really? But now I actually like really uh, like it for what it is. It's kind of fun. Um, I actually, honestly, I'll be dead serious with you. I kind of think they could have stopped after one and it would have just been perfect.
1: That's um, what I think. I think one could have been a standalone. Film oh, totally and, Rob. You know, yeah.
0: done justice to it. But the other two are fun for what they are. if you're gonna continue, the other two are fun. don't get me wrong um but yeah i love I love this movie so much like I think it's just like chef's kiss chef's kiss perfect, oh, uh, yeah. as far as like a spooky ghost story goes,
1: oh definitely, it's a perfect storm there, yeah, and um I mean I just like as with most of these movies that you know from our childhoods or early teen years um. This is just one of those things that sticks with you once you've seen it.
0: Oh yes, yeah, it, it's it's nightmare fuel. I think <laughs> <laughs> perfect nightmare fuel, exactly. Um, so yeah, I have I have no uh, qualms about recommending anyone see this. And like I, I think we said this before with Tremors, um, but this was way more intense. But so it is a good gateway horror for like a, you know, a, not I wouldn't say five year old, but like a younger. Person who's interested in horror, maybe kind of getting them into it. Yeah, you know, before they see
1: like *Cannibal Holocaust*. Yeah, probably that might scar you for life, <laughs> uh, seeing that as opposed to seeing something like this, or even watching like something. I spit on your grave, or *Texas oh, yeah. Chainsaw Massacre*. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, but this, I think, is it's. um I mean, it is intense. Uh, it's uh got some a, a bit of gore moments and stuff, but you know, it's still a, a fun you know entry. Entry it into is. The it's almost like camera. a
1: supernatural adventure kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much so. And it is very Spielbergy. Yep, definitely. Uh, so the next time we meet, we're going to be covering Dead and Buried, which I think is a good follow up to this one in a weird way.
1: Right. And another, another one of those films that I have never seen.
0: I'm so excited. I hope you like it.
1: I hope so, too. But even if I don't like it as much, I'm sure I will find some redeeming quality to it.
0: Cool. All right. Yeah, I hope you do. So um, now as far as getting in touch with us, I am always available at Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast.
1: Right. And you can send us an email at MMCCpod at gmail.com. Give us your movie recommendations. Let us know what you thought about Poltergeist.
0: Exactly. Or anything else we've covered. I just it would be fun to to hear the feedback. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I did hear from a, a gentleman who said that he was really, uh, uh, enjoyed our, uh, extra.
1: Coverage. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah.
0: He actually got to th- see it in the theaters, which I'm like, how cool is that? Um, I would have loved to have seen that in a big screen.
1: Yeah. I'm picturing like, cause of the first time I watched it, uh, which was last week or the week before, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just seeing that, you know, wondering it would have been what it would have been like to experience that on the big screen and surround sound.
0: Amazing. I can't imagine. I I would have been in heaven
1: because it was so trippy. It's just like so trippy. It's a different experience when you're seeing that, like as opposed to like a home, you know, your home television on a gigantic screen, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah. But anyway, I thank you so much for, you know, for reaching out to us and, and just kind of let us know what you thought of the show and everything. Um, And please more people feel free to do that. I really do enjoy that Um, because, you know, always the more the scarier as far as uh, uh, our podcast goes, I feel. Absolutely. And that should lead us out of here then.
1: Yeah, with that, we're going to be out of here and we'll see you guys next week, hopefully.
0: All right. Stay spooky, guys.